This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Hello and welcome to this special New Year's edition of Christian Book Blurb. This is the podcast where I chat with Christian authors about their faith, their lives and, of course, their books. Um, it is the start of 2023, so a very happy new year to you all. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for continuing the journey with Christian Book Blurb. I don't think you're going to be disappointed by the author I'm speaking to today. I thought New Year's episode, the best thing to do is let's start the new year off with a really positive message, something that will put the, the beat back in our step and help us face this year with, with positivity um, and faith. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome on the show today, all the way from America, Zach Windle. Hi, Zach. Hey, thank you so much for having me on here. This is awesome. And Happy New Year, everybody. Come on. I loved reading your book. It's called See the Good. See the Good by Zach Windle. And I, I found it really easy to read. It was very encouraging and uplifting. Um, but, but before I steal your thunder, can you tell us a little bit about your book, See the Good? Thank you. I mean, that's so kind. My goodness, that's exactly the response that I pray that everybody has reading it. So See the Good is really all about learning how to shift your perspective in life. Um, I think so often in our culture and in the church, it can be so easy to focus on all the bad that's going on around us and to be pretty pessimistic of where we're headed. Um, but I think that as believers, we should be focusing on where God is moving and all that he's doing in the world because there's a ton of that as well. And so that's really my, my heart behind this book and uh, the hope that I have behind people reading it. That's really good. And as I say, I really enjoyed um, reading it myself. So uh, that, that's kind of your, your aim with the book. But, but what kind of yeah. started you on the journey of, of writing the book? What gave you the initial idea and then that kind of, oh, yeah, this might, this might grow into something called a book? Or, you know, where yeah. did this, this message come from? Absolutely. I think it, it began really at an early age for me. Uh, when I was four years old, my mom was diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer, was sent home with a 5% chance to live. And then she was healed from that. And then she had a tumor around her sciatic nerve and was healed from that. And then she had colon cancer with three quarters of her colon removed and was healed from that. And then when I was 15, she had breast cancer with a double mastectomy and was healed from that. So literally from like four to 15, my entire life was based around my mom being in and out of the hospital and never knowing if she was going to make it. And she always ingrained this into my brain. She always said, Zach, you know what? It could be so much worse. I could not be here today. So you need to treat every day like the gift that it is and try to see God amongst everything. And so during my most developmental years of my life, that was how I began to, began to view everything in life. And I really feel like uh, a lot of people that I know and a lot of people I'm surrounded by didn't have that, that privilege to, to be raised that way. And so I, I feel like it's my life message kind of to help people shift their perspective a little bit and to really see, see where God is moving instead of just focusing on, on all the bad that's going on around them. Mm. And 
I don't know what it's like in um, America, but I know that here in the UK, um, where I'm based, um, especially since COVID and the lockdowns, that's that's kind of profoundly shifted yeah. the mood. Yeah. It's kind of changed perspectives and outlooks. And I think these days we, we're dealing a lot more with with sort of the negativity that can yeah. overwhelm us, the, the kind of, you know, well, what's the point of it all kind of mentality that we can so easily slip into. Um, is, is, that, is that a similar thing in America? Yeah, I don't know if it's too uh, in extreme, but I would definitely say that, that that's the case um, where I'm at. And it just seems like it's it's just such a topic of conversation amongst everybody. And and it's like, man, what if we what if we saw the good instead? And how, how would that change just the way that we live our lives? Maybe it would bring some more joy and happiness into our days um, instead of instead of just focusing on being dragged down by the the toughness of it. Mm. I see a Bob Goff. Bob Goff. I, I love yeah. Bob Goff's books. I see that he wrote the foreword of your book. Um, I'll yes. just read a little something, a little extract from that, because I think it really sums up the book really quite nicely. Yeah. Um, he says, instead of telling people what they want, we need to tell them who they are. And we'll become in our lives whoever the people we love the most say we are. And I really think that, that your book speaks to that and, and starts to tell people who they are in Christ, who, who God sees them as. Um, but let, let, let's, let's chat about your relationship with Bob at the moment. How, how yeah. did you meet him? Oh my goodness. Bob is the best guy ever. Um, he's, he's a coach and a mentor of mine. I think it's really important to find someone in life that's kind of ahead of you and at a place where you want to be one day. And for me, Bob's that guy. So I try to spend as much time around him listening, learning, honoring, and really allowing him to speak into my life. And I feel so blessed by it. It began by, I brought my entire, uh, my team out to um, spend a few days with him out at his place in uh, San Diego, outside of San Diego called the Oaks. And we spent a few days with him and just built a relationship from there. And I try to, uh, try to go out to his area uh, maybe every quarter, just just to be around him, and um, I, I I talk to him maybe once a month or so, just to um, to learn from him and stay up to date on where we're at and and try to grow as much as possible. For me, he seems to have a lot of wisdom to, to give, a lot of insight. Yeah, and hundred percent. Is he as wacky as he comes across? <laughs> He's he he will do anything at any time, and it's it's pretty incredible. He's also very uh, very calculated and probably uh, the most wise, smartest person that I've that I've ever met. So, um, but yeah, he's he's an adventurer at heart, and he's always looking to have fun. Mm, I love that. Um, so, in the book, one of the things you talk about um, is the importance of rest. Um, is this yes. is this a big area minefield? Is this is this <laughs> is this something that you have to deal with personally a lot? Yes. So I like to say that I'm a recovering workaholic. So <laughs> rest is a new thing for me. My work ethic throughout my 20s was very unhealthy. So I would work 12 to 16 hours, seven days a week. 
Um, I didn't take a day off for like six years because I was just surrounded by that hustle culture and thought that if I wanted to make something of my life, then I had to be this machine and outwork everybody around me. But then I got married and that lifestyle was not sustainable uh, if I wanted a healthy marriage. So praise God for my wife and the impact that she's had on my work-rest relationship as well. Uh, And as I began to rest and I stopped striving after things myself, God actually began to open even bigger doors than I could ever attribute them to uh, myself. And so um, it's, it's, been a, it's been a journey and I'm, and I'm learning how to get better at it, but I have seen the fruit of rest so much just over the last few years that it's like, man, I want, I want that to be uh, the soundtrack to the rest of my life. Mm, what, what came first? That, that sort of personal revelation of, of need for rest or John Mark Comer's book? The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Totally. I mean, that played a huge part in it for sure. I think I remember reading that book uh, with my wife right when, uh, I think it came out right before we got married. And yeah, just like learning learning from him and learning from uh, some other incredible scholars on the importance of Sabbath and rest is mm. like, yeah. I, I think everybody should read that book. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I agree. It's impacted me um, quite a lot as well. It's, it's a great yeah. book. Um, I love how in the book you focus on Jesus using meals yeah. for evangelism. I think that's really interesting. Um, because aren't they, they, they everyday social interactions. We've all got to eat, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's a place where we can share life together. I mean, of course, if, if it's sort of a fast food sort of, as you're driving along or whatever. Or don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll get right, in trouble. Right. But, but, <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? It's an opportunity where we can sit, we can slow down, we can share life together, we can share Jesus with others, what he's doing in our lives. Um, tell us more about this idea. Yeah. I, so I worked in hospitality for over a decade and food has always just been really important for me and my life. Um, and not just because of like the food aspect, like you were saying, but because of the social aspect. I love food experiences with people. And as I was studying the gospel, something that really stood out to me was that the way that Jesus came and lived his life and taught people was often around a table. It was often over a meal with with others. And whether they believed what he was preaching or not, that's where they came together. And it was through that shared interaction that bonded them and allowed the other people to be more open to what he had to say. And I think it's the same with us. We don't need to get meals with people and find a way just to preach the gospel to them. But no, we can just like enjoy our time together and allow them to ask questions and have it be a cool thing that we do with people. And I think it's, it's, it's a way that we can evangelize to others that isn't often used. Um, but I think it would really change a lot of people's relationship with, uh, with uh, believers. Mm, mm. The book obviously, I mean, called See the Good, and there's this huge, big, smiley face, um, like a, yeah. like an emoji smiley face on the cover. Um, it, it focuses a lot on positivity, on being positive, on, on being happy. Um, but I guess a book like this can become a bit dangerous in a way, Yeah, where it's... It's putting a lot of emphasis on being happy, on being positive. 
But yeah. what about the times in life where people might find it difficult to be positive or they're going through something really tough or, or challenging? Should, should they pretend that everything is fine and, and put on that sort of <laughs> emoji smiley face and, and sort of just try and ignore or, or push mm. down those negative feelings? Um, what, what, what advice can you, can you give on that and how does the book deal with that? Yeah. So I talk about something in the book called negativity bias, and it's where we're actually implanted in our DNA to focus on the negative. So if 10 things happen throughout the day, nine of them are amazing, but there's one bad. For some reason, we always focus on that one negative one. And I think it goes back to our ancestors just always having to be on edge because if you hear a rustle in the bushes, you don't know if it's a lion or you don't know if it's a rabbit. Like, but you're always just having to be afraid of what's next. And as society has evolved and our culture has has grown over the la over hundreds of years, uh, things are different now. But it's still super ingrained into us. And I think it's totally normal um, to not be positive all the time. But I do believe that if you focus on the good, the good gets bigger in your life. And as you build that as a habit of seeing the good, it will become much more natural to us. So like start one day at a time. Like it's not gonna be a complete shift. And, and like I'm not happy and ecstatic and positive all the time or every day, but it's something that you grow in. And I think if we, if we grow a little bit every single day, it's gonna compound and impact our life in a much more joyful way. So it's, it's not a case of ignoring the bad or the difficult stuff and the trials, but actually even in the midst of, of suffering, in the midst of trial, still trying to focus on the good that's yeah. there rather than exactly. the negative. 100%. Push your way through the, through the bad, and I believe that on the other side of all of it, there is a lot of joy there. Great. Um, let's chat very quickly about your writing process. How does it work for you? I've spoken to loads of different authors and everyone seems to do it slightly differently. Some do it very differently. Um, yeah. But how, how do you write a book? How does it come together? Lots of post-it notes on a chart somewhere or do you just sit down and then just sort of go crazy yeah. on the keyboard for an hour? You know, how does it work? Right. I, I may, you can tell me if this is unconventional, but I feel like it is pretty unconventional. I never grew up wanting to write a book. It just wasn't something that was like a, a huge passion of mine until uh, later in my life. And so the way that it works for me is I basically take a bunch of note cards and I'll write on them topics or stories or facts or ideas. And maybe I'll have 200 note cards and I'll lay them out on this big coffee table uh, for a week. And I will just spend time staring at them and uh, zoning out and rearranging them every once in a while and seeing a pattern throughout. And once I develop a pattern that I'm, um, I'm happy with, then I turn it into an outline and I build out the outline. I could have a 200 page outline. Uh, and then from there, I, I smooth it out by adding in transitions and, and new parts of the story and just grow from there. So that's, that's, my, that's what works for me. I'm very like analytical and I just see things uh, in like systems. And so that's, that's kind of how I do it. Yeah, interesting. Oh, really good. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. 
Yeah. And we'll be back in just a moment after this short break, and we'll be chatting some more with Zach Wendell about his faith and his life. Join us on the other side. Hi, I'm author Matt McClary. My new book, The Prison Letters, a 40-day devotional for Lent, will take you on a thematic journey through the books of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians and Philemon. Packed full of personal anecdotes and wisdom, the message Paul conveyed to his readers during his imprisonment is brought to life. The Prison Letters devotional is available now from my website, mattmcclary.com, and wherever good books are sold. Get your copy today. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash mattmcclary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. Welcome back to the Christian Book Blurb podcast. I am chatting with author Zach Windle about his book, See the Good. In this half of the episode, we're going to chat to Zach a little bit about um, his life and his faith. So, Zach, um, one of the things we like to do is sort of peel back the cover of the author uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and sure. just kind of find out a little bit about who you are as a person. Yeah. You know, what, what makes you... Well, happy in this instance. Yeah. What 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 gets you out of bed in the morning? You know, have you got any favorite things you like doing? Any hobbies, that sort of thing? You know, as we talked about food, uh, food is actually huge for me. So I love trying new restaurants with friends. Um, I I love like food experiences, and more so for getting other people to experience new things just because I love to see like their reaction and and what they think about it. Um, I also love games, being active. I spend a ton of time uh, just with my family. Um, we So my wife and I moved back to Minneapolis uh, just last year after spending a couple years down in Miami and she's from, she's from there. So uh, I brought her up to the cold in Minneapolis <laughs> and uh, my family Family's here, and we have a lot of really close friends here. So, uh, yeah, we're we're just a tight knit group of people that love spending time together. And um, we have a we don't have, we don't have any kids, but we have a mini Bernadoodle. So it's a it's a Bernie's <laughs> Mountain Dog mixed with a poodle, and it's the it's a little teddy bear. So we have so much fun with her. And um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is food, friends, family, that whole deal. So you mentioned games. Um, are those board games? Yeah, or yeah are they board like games. games uh, some video games. I'm my wife is much better at video games than I am, but I always have have fun with uh, with Mario Kart and things like that. <laughs> but uh, board games, love board games. Uh, what would be huge, your favorite board game at the moment? Oh man, I would say that's a great question. Um, I love Scategories. I think that's a that's a very cool game. Um, yeah, uh, there's this new one, but I can't even think of the name of it right now that we just got. That is a blast. Um, it'll come to me. You're, you're talking about food. What about what about um, hobbies? Do you do you have any sort of? Do you have spare time? First, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I I now have spare time uh, leading into 2023. This year is going to be much different for me from years in the past. Um, I've ran my own business for the last um, four or five years, and so that was uh, uh, a lot of that that took over a lot of my time. But we actually sold the business just a couple months ago, and so now I'm I'm focusing a lot of my time on writing. Uh, hobbies are I'm very structured with my day, so it's like okay, I'm going to work out, I'm going to work, I'm going to uh, have meals with friends, and I feel like that's that's what most of my time consists of is like meals and and reading i love i love reading so um but nothing crazy no i i feel like i feel like my life's a little boring right now in that sense <laughs> no 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 no, no, no extreme hobbies <laughs> yeah. earlier on in the episode you're talking about um your sort of family background and growing up um yeah. how did you become a christian what how did you come to faith? You know, I grew up in the church. I grew up, uh, I, I was baptized at an at a early age. Um, but then when I hit college, I fell away from my faith um, pretty drastically. And then also the f- a few years uh, following it. And in 2014, I hit a low spot where I was like, man, I don't, I don't even know if I want to consider myself a Christian anymore. Like I need to go all in and figure out if this is actually for me. I wanted to study the Bible really, because even though I knew the right Christian answers and I had good morals, I just didn't have a relationship with the Bible at all. And so I ended up moving out to Australia um, for almost a year just to study as in-depth as I could. So we would study 12 hours a day, six days a week. Um, Like if it was Genesis week, we would literally read Genesis five times through um, during that week and like build our own commentary sort of. And so during that time, my faith really grew. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm all in, I'm sold out to this. Now let's, let's figure out a way to help other people that were in my, my same shoes, help them develop a better relationship with God and, and be less overwhelmed by the Bible and make it more like more real and actionable every day in small ways, not in some like drastic ways but like how can i how can i love my neighbors and love god today in in the spot that i'm at and help others do the same Mm. yeah you've mentioned um that your 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 life is changing after selling the business and you've got a bit more time to devote to writing um as well so can I'm, i'm gonna be a bit cheeky here can we yeah. have a sneaky peek into yeah. <laughs> something you're working on at the moment? So I I always have my hands in quite a few different things. And who knows if they'll actually come into, into fruition. But uh, right now, uh, dabbling around with a devotional, um, I'm pretty active on TikTok. And I do these devotionals every single day where I just read a devotional. And people seem to love it. So I'm thinking about doing a devotional in 2023. And then also um, a book on um, like wholeness and holiness. So uh, like looking at mental, physical, and spiritual health. So mm-hmm. that's what I that's what I've, has been on the top of my mind lately. And we'll see we'll see what it turns into. It could absolutely change in two months. But um, <laughs> I'm I'm always trying to think about thinking about what's next for me. No, that's really good. Thank you for sharing that with us. 
Um, so you've you've got this book out, um, See the Good. Have you got any other books that you've written? Yeah, I wrote one called The Bible Study, um, which has helped uh, over 400,000 people grow closer to God through studying the Bible. It basically holds your hand as you read the Bible over the course of a year. Um, I wrote a book called Launch with God, which uh, is talks all about starting a business and uh, kind of co-laboring with God to uh, impact the world in a positive way. And then I have some little like planners and things like that. Um, all under this brand called the brand sunday um yeah okay great where can people find these books have you got a website social media any of that can you point us in the right direction zachwindall.com uh social media instagram and tiktok just uh under zach windall a, a lot of our books are at thebrandsunday.com and then available most places that books are sold so amazon barnes and noble target all things like that Thank you so much for joining us on Thank you. the Book Club podcast. It's been excellent talking to you. Um, and if you're listening and you fancy starting off this new year with uh, a really positive step, um, this book will be sure to put a smile on your face as you learn to see the good in all of life. So thank you, Zach, for joining us. That was excellent. And thank you so much to you, the listener, for joining us for this episode. Don't forget, we have an episode that comes out twice a month. So in a couple of weeks, another episode will be coming your way with yet another awesome Christian author, where we're going to talk about their books, their faith, and their life. Don't forget, you can also sign up over on my website to my monthly email newsletter, and you'll find um, a book giveaway in there that happens exclusively to subscribers once a month. So if you fancy getting your hands on a free book, um, do go and check that out. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and a happy new year to you, and I pray that your new, this 2023 um, will be a blessed year for you. Thank you, and goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share, and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.